As it relates to the tongue, don't let the size fool you. Because everything that James is going to say about the tongue is the fact that it is small, but it is powerful and it is influential. Your tongue is small, but don't let the size fool you. Out of all of the organs in your body, it's one of the smallest. But it yields tremendous power and tremendous influence. Small but mighty. Sometimes it's the little things that make the biggest impact, from the tiny paper cut that hurts so much to the stranger's smile that made your day. The little things matter. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shares that even though your tongue is small, it can change the world in big ways. We invite you to consider the tremendous power and influence your words have. You'll be reminded that you're responsible for how you use them. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in James chapter 3 as he begins his message, Me and My Big Mouth. So one of my prayers as a pastor, whenever I get an opportunity to teach the Bible, is my prayer is always, God, I want to live the message before I get to share the message. Because I want it to be not in... I'm hearing the scriptures and it's in my head. I want it to be in my heart. And so a lot of times for me as a pastor, as I'm preparing a message, I'm just saying, Lord, let me live this out this week. But what's funny is, is that most of the time as a pastor, I feel completely underprepared to do what I get to do on a Sunday. The Apostle Paul said, you know, who is sufficient for these things, to talk about these things? Because, you know, the things of God, the things of life and the kingdom, You know, there's a part of me that always feels like, man, I am not ready to do this, to talk about this. But that is not the case today. Because I've entitled this message, Me and My Big Mouth. And I have 46 years of being someone with a big mouth. Now, you could say that, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, your parents grew up in in New York. And, and so, like, I'm all Italian from, uh, I grew up in New Jersey. My parents came out of New York. And uh, I remember, like, ever since I was a little kid, I was just around loud people. You know, and I remember as a little kid, I was a loud kid. I know no one's shocked probably by that. My dad used to call me uh, the mayor because everywhere I'd go, I'd meet all these people. And I'll never forget, on, on Sundays growing up, you know, uh, we would go and we'd get together with family members and friends. And, uh, and we would watch a lot of football. And so I remember this one time we went over to uh, some friends of the family's house and, and we were watching the game and, you know, and, and everyone's talking and they're making a lot of noise and, you know, when you're noisy people like that. And I remember that uh, there was one of my dad's friends was there and, and, and we were talking about the game and he thought, you know, he, he was uh, optimistic. You know, we're New York Giants fans. And so um, that doesn't go so well. Um, at least not lately, and, and I remember he was really optimistic about how this thing was going to work out. I'm like, there is absolutely no way that's going to work out. It's the Giants. Come on. You know, it's going to go bad. And then it went bad, and then I just started, like, kind of jawing at my dad's friend. I'm like, I told you, you, you know, and then he looks at my dad. He's like, you know, he got a big mouth. 
And I just was like, uh-huh. And, and he's like, you know, that mouse is going to get you in some trouble. You know, and I didn't realize my dad's friend was an Italian prophet. Like, he was right. <laughs> like, like I, the mouth, his mouth got me in all sorts of trouble. And I just, I'm grateful to Jesus because I, now I get to use the big mouth for Jesus. But I'll be honest with you. Like, there's not a Sunday that I don't leave Crossroads after the two services that I don't say to myself, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. The reason I'm talking about this is because the book of James is so practical that when you talk about where rubber meets the road and what does it look like for us as followers of Jesus to live out into this world, what we say has an impact. And so today we're going to look at me and my big mouth. And I'm, not, I'm saying that only for me. I could say you and your big mouth, but I wouldn't say it that way. You just say to yourself, say me and my big mouth. Okay, now I realize before we jump in, that some of you are quiet. Now, for those of you who are quiet, let me just say, you are blessed. We are all jealous. And if you are quiet, I realize that even though you might not vocalize some of the things that we're going to talk about, if you're honest in your heart, you think about those things. You're just wise enough not to say it. So God wants to do a work in all of us, even if you're not a, a super chatty person like uh, yours truly. But if you know people who are, who are uh, chatty, who are mouthy people, as I like to say, uh, you can pray for us as we study this together. Amen? So open your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. James 3, verses 1 to 12. If you brought Bibles with you, open up to the book of James between the book of Hebrews and 1 Peter towards the end of your Old Testament, or the New Testament there at the end of your Bible. You can pull those things out. And if by chance you're like, listen, I just don't like holding a book, or I just like using my phone. Pull out your phone, go to your favorite browser window, whatever, uh, your Bible app, type in James. I want you to read along, because literally, I'm not making this stuff up. This is literally just what the Word of God says. And I love the fact, James chapter 3, that the Bible would be so practical. Something just so simple, so practical, but yet really important for us. So he says in verse 1 of James chapter 3, it says, my brethren... Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you sh we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Now, the chapter begins with James with this exhortation that say, don't let many of you become teachers knowing that you will receive a stricter judgment, which is a horrifying verse for any teacher in any way, but don't miss that the chapter breaks in your Bible were not inspired by the Holy Spirit. They were put in later so that we can find things. And so James had just made the case that you need to show your faith by your works. Now, really what James was doing is he was correcting uh, some misunderstandings within the church because of Paul's teaching on faith you're saved by faith apart from works. And we unpack this. What James is getting at is he doesn't want us to have a superficial faith. 
But now he's reminding us, listen, be careful when you're a teacher, knowing that you will receive a stricter judgment. And really what he's saying is that a teacher has tremendous influence on people. And so as teachers, we have to be careful about the influence that we're having on people. Now, here's what I want to tell you. All of us are learners and all of us are teachers. All of us have influence. People listen to us. You can make a case, and I don't know that I would press it, that every post you put on social media is an attempt to teach people about you, about life, about the way you see the world. And so James is putting out right away that we have to be careful with the ways that we yield influence because we're constantly shaping people. And then he makes the case, for we all stumble in many things. Now, it's, it's amazing. We could, uh, we could just run right past that. And if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. But notice that, for we all stumble in many things. Do you see that? I want you to underline that in your neighbor's Bible. Notice this, for we all stumble in many things. This is the biblical idea that all of us are sinners, quote unquote. That's what the Bible calls it. The words, you hear the word, you're a sinner, and people are like, oh, why is the Bible so negative? But no, the Bible's realistic. Being a sinner means that none of us are the best possible version of ourselves. We all miss the mark. Now, I realize that that shouldn't be like earth-shattering words because you live in your own world, but every once in a while, someone's like, I just didn't realize. It's like, no, 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 everyone else realizes. We're, we're sinners. And I always say that being a sinner does not mean you're the worst possible version of yourself. That's not what being a sinner means you're the worst version of yourself. The problem, you're a sinner because you're never the best possible version of yourself. Nobody, every single day, day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, decade in, decade out, as long as you have, no one has ever been the best possible version of themselves in every situation. And because of that, we all stumble in many points. And part of the first step in understanding who God is, is to realize that we live in a world that if you stumble in a point, people will reject you because of your issues. But God doesn't reject you because of your issues. God draws near to you knowing that you have issues. Like God loves each one of us with full disclosure. I always think about this because people all the time, they fall in love and then they fall out of love, right? Because when you fall in love, like you love them, but you don't really know them. It's, it's, it, there's a naivety to it. You have these great feelings. But how often have we fallen in love only to get to know that person? We're like, ooh, ho, ho. I can't believe I like that person, right? Because you love the idea of them, but not who they really are. And then when you get to know them more, you're kind of off put by all the, their history, their this, their that. But the thing is, is God's love is not like that because God loves us completely and he has full disclosure. God knows everything about each one of us and yet he still loves us. And I love that when it says, when we, we all stumble in many points, but God still loves us. And as followers who've been loved with that kind of a love, we choose to love others with the same kind of a love. We should not expect people to be perfect because the only perfect person is who? Jesus. Everybody else, flawed. Look at the person next to you say, you're flawed. Look at the person on the other side, but you're loved. Look at the person next to you say, God loves you. Now say, and I'm still working on it. <laughs> Isn't that true? 
But that's how it is. And so we, it starts here. Don't become teachers of stricter judgment, how you use your influence. For we all stumble in many things. But this says, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So now James hits his point here. He wants to talk about, even though we stumble, the person who doesn't stumble with the usage of words is somebody who says they're complete, they're, they're mature. And then he uses this idea, he's able to bridle the whole body. Now, does everyone know what a bridle is? It's the headgear that you put on a horse so that you can control the horse. Now, right as James says, you're, if, you can, if you don't stumble in word, you're mature and you're able to bridle the whole body. So he's saying, in a sense, your words is almost like the headgear on a horse that if you can get your words right, a lot of other things are going to fall into place. And then James unpacks for us. I'll put it to you this way. Simple things. As it relates to the tongue, don't let the size fool you. Because everything that James is going to say about the tongue is the fact that it is small, but it is powerful and it is influential. Your tongue is small, but don't let the size fool you. Out of all of the organs in your body, it's one of the smallest. But it yields tremendous power and tremendous influence. And James uses three different examples of things that are small but yield tremendous influence. Look at what it says. First, verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. So a bit now is part of the bridle. There's a little piece of metal that goes in the horse's mouth. And when the bitten bridle is connected to the reins, somebody who is smaller like us, we can move that horse around. Any of you ever gone horseback riding? Yeah, I did it when I was a kid. That was crazy. That's a story for another day. I don't do it anymore. Because I'm those, it's the problem with being me. I'm mischievous. They're like, whatever you do, don't put your heels into the horse. And so I'm like, I'm like Eve in the Garden of Eden. Don't eat the tree. I'll eat the whole tree, you know, like... It's, it's bad. So don't be like Daniel, you know. But it, I ended up with a galloping horse, and it was really bad. And, and, and I thought it was fun, but everyone else was horrified. And <laughs> praise God, I'm still here. But the idea is, is like this little bit in the horse's mouth can move the whole body. It's, it's small, but it yields tremendous power. So but James like, yeah, if that's not good enough for you, he's like, well, listen to what it says next. Verse 4, look also at the ships. They're so large, and they're driven by fierce winds. But they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So now he's thinking of boats. We could think of planes or different things. They didn't have planes back in the day. But you have these huge boats, right? And, and, and they could be thrown about by tremendous winds. But if you look at the back of a boat, there's a little vertical piece called a rudder. And as long as that thing's attached to the, the steering wheel, the steering column, you can just turn that little thing. And before you know it, the ship starts turning. So again, something small something seemingly not of great consequence but has tremendous power, tremendous influence. Then, of course, by the end of verse 5, he says, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. So now he's just talking about a little spark. And unfortunately, in our day and age, we know all too well all it takes is a little spark and all of a sudden you can lose hundreds of thousands of acres of forest, because something so small can yield such power, such influence. And James is saying, 
that our tongues, our speech, what we speak, our tongues are small but very, very influential. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 12, verses 18 and 19. It says, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but the lying tongue is but for a moment. So in this proverb, this, this, this saying of wisdom, it says that there is a way to speak that's like a piercing of a sword, which inflicts pain on people. But the tongue of the wise does not inflict pain, it promotes health. There is truthful the truthful lip, the, the mouth that speaks truth will have an eternal establishment, but the mouth that speaks lies is but for a moment. It's temporary. So you see what's going on here is that James is trying to get us to realize that what we speak is part of our testimony as the people of God. And what you say matters. Words Matter. One of the things we learn in the very beginning of our Bibles in Genesis chapter 1 is that words are creative. Remember, the creation account begins every day of creation, and God said, and God spoke creation into existence. Now, God creates things out of nothing, uniquely from what we do, but you realize that your words are creative in the same way. According to the book of Proverbs, our words can either wound or bring healing. And that is a very powerful thing, isn't it? How, how often has wars, conflicts begin with just words? It's, it's also amazing how powerful something as simple as, I'm sorry. How a kind word can turn away wrath. See, what, we, what God has entrusted to us in these mouths are very powerful, has tremendous influence, and it's something that we have to, as followers of Jesus, we want to bring our speech under the authority of Jesus, into submission, or as James is going to say next, as it relates to our tongues, you and I, we need to get it under control. We need to get our tongues under control. Listen to what he says, verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Gosh. We need to get it. See, and I get this idea we need to get our tongues under control because by the end of that passage, James is unpacking how humanity at the, as the top of the food chain has brought all animals under subjection to it. Now, let me just make a, a point on that real quick. When God created Adam on the sixth day, he invited Adam to be a steward over creation. So the idea that like humanity 
Humankind is the top of the food chain. That's by God's design. Now, that does not mean that our job is to be lousy stewards and destroy everything. Everybody knows that, right? It's God's world. He entrusts it to us, and he invites us to be faithful stewards of what he's... And it's the same thing with your life. God has given you the gifts and talents, the ability to, to, to cultivate those gifts and talents. They're God's gift. He's given them to you, and he holds us accountable for our stewardship. So the fact that humankind is the top of the food chain is by God's design. Doesn't mean we should exploit, pillage, do a lousy job of stewardship because the judgment of all humanity is over our stewardship of our own lives. Like God holds you accountable for who you are, how you live, and the impact you have on people. And he holds me accountable for that in my own life. Each one of us is held accountable for our lives. And that's why you go all the way back to we all stumble in many points and you're like, this is why we believe in Jesus. Because when we're held accountable for the stewardship of our lives, we realize that we have stumbled in many ways. There's all sorts of issues. There's things that we're growing in. There's things that you're like, man, I wish I learned this 25 years ago, but now today I'm learning it. And that's why we believe in Jesus. And that's why we, we are grateful for the grace of God. So that idea is like, he's like, he's like, listen, humanity's been able to tame everything, but, look at verse eight, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil. So you may say, well, Fusco, if it says no man or no woman can tame the tongue, why are you telling me to get under control? Because you and I can't tame it, but the spirit of God can. And that's the whole point. The whole point is that left up to our own devices, you and I are going to be mouthy. We're going to say the wrong things. We're going to do the wrong things. We're going to say something and we're going to be like, I got foot and mouth disease, right? The only time your mouth is empty when you take one foot out and you're sticking the other one in, right? Am I the only, I got, I got, you know, I got that. Pray for my family. I pray for you guys, my church family. It's just bad, you know, but here's the deal. You can't do it, but the Spirit of God wants to do it. The Spirit of God wants to do a work of transforming our speech. But we have to realize what our speech is. And James does not mince words. Really what he's saying here is that our speech, our tongues, not only are they powerful and influential, they're perverse. And everything he's saying about it, notice, the tongue is a fire, it's a world of iniquity, and that word iniquity can also be translated unrighteousness. Our tongues are a world of unrighteousness. It's so set among our members as part of our body because in a lot of ways, people see us and then they hear us, the content of our lives and our influence. It can defile the whole body, and it says, and it sets on fire the course of nature. Like our tongues can set on fire the course of existence, it's saying. And it is set on fire by hell. Gosh. So he's saying that our tongues are so perverse that it's almost like it has its origin in hell. Jesus is real. Are you surprised by the things that you say sometimes? Think of those times when you wished you could pull those words back into your mouth as soon as you said them. The reality is that our tongues are impossible to control at times. That's just one more reason why we need Jesus. Like Pastor Daniel shared today, you can't manage your words or the thoughts they spring from 100% of the time. 
But the Holy Spirit can, and He wants to do it for you. So invite Him in and let Him transform your speech. Everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue this conversation about your words and the power they wield. This is truly walking with Jesus at street level. In our super connected world, the things you say or text or write in a comment have a huge impact. Your willingness to own your hurtful words and apologize shows others that Jesus is real. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Where the Rubber Meets the Road. Until then, may God bless.